Welcome to Physics Twist, this week in science and technology, powered by physics education. In this episode of Physics Twist, we unlock the Laurel Yanni debate, suss out what's going on over in Hawaii with all these terrible volcanoes, and ponder if those creepy eight-legged friends under the sea might really be from space. I'm joined today by our fellow host, Duncan. How are you going today, Duncan? I'm so good, Quill. Excellent. Good to, good to be here, as always. It is. All right, Quill. So, this uh, this Laurel versus Yanny thing, you want to unlock this one for us? All right, let's unlock it. Now, unless you've been living under a rock or in a rock or between a rock for the last around week. Around a rock. Around a rock. In a hard place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard about the Laurel versus Yanny sound issue that's been going around. People the debate. Been, they've been losing their minds. They have been losing their mind. It's everywhere. It's on the radio. It's on the TV. It's pretty much everywhere. So we thought we would get to the bottom of what is actually going on. We've heard a few really bad descriptions of the science behind it. We wanted to make sure everyone's getting the right idea. Hmm. Why don't we tell people what it actually is just in case they are living under a rock? Fantastic. So if you have been under a rock... Um, there is a soundbite that has been going around the internet and everywhere else. And this soundbite was originally recorded um, from a vocabulary.com pronunciation example for the word laurel. So the issue is, though, some people actually don't hear the word laurel. They are hearing the word yanny instead. It's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. And we're going to talk about why. So let's have a listen, though, for those people that haven't heard it yet. So we'll let's have a listen. It. Laurel, 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 Laurel. Okay, so now that we've all heard it, I'm not sure whether you heard Laurel or whether you heard Yanny. Who knows? I guess we'll wait and see. But let's talk about why people are hearing different things. The sound doesn't actually change. What you are hearing is different because partly because of you, but also partly because of where you're listening to it. So let's just start off, though, and talk a little bit about sound. Because we need to know about sound to know about why we're hearing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically, sound is created by vibrations. And these vibrations, every time you hear a sound, they're there. So these vibrations wiggle through the air and into your ears, and that's how we hear. And Mm. these sounds are actually traveling as waves. Right. Yeah. So the word you hear from the Yanni Laurel debate depends on what frequency your brain is focused on. So basically, the frequency means how close together those sound waves are. Right. So if you have something that is high frequency, you've got lots and lots of waves close together. And this would be a sound like. And if you have low frequency, then the sound waves are much more spread out. And this would be a sound like. But most sound we hear, especially those when we're talking and in music and stuff like that, they're not just one frequency. They actually have lots of things going on at the same time. And these frequencies can then overlap. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes if you play one note on like a piano or something, you're actually hearing multiple notes overlapped, which is what gives it its special sound. Exactly. And this is exactly why it's um, really hard to say distinctly it's one thing. Mm. And this is part of what's causing this issue. So basically, because of the way um, the Yanni Laurel was recorded, which is actually really bad quality, not like our podcast. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. fine quality. Fine quality. (laughs) Um, because it's so bad in quality, there's actually a lot of overlapping frequency. There. So there's yep. lots of sound waves going on that are all either spaced out or close together. There's lots of these happening all together. Yeah, because the recording's a bit distorted, isn't it? It is yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. But our brain actually doesn't know what to do when things are this, when the sound is dodgy, it doesn't really know what to do. And so it just kind of goes, okay, let me just pick one of these frequencies to focus on and listen to that and think about that one. 
So that's what our brain does when it's faced with something with a really messy amount of frequencies. So this is actually known as being acoustically ambiguous. So acoustic means sound and ambiguous means not really sure or a bit unobvious. Okay. So your brain hates to be confused. And I it hate tries, to be confused. I hate to be confused yes. too. And I'm <laughs> guessing it's sense. my brain that's doing it. Um, so our brain tries to pick a pattern that it can make sense from. Yep. And if it picks mostly high frequencies, so like a high, a high noise, a squeaky squeaky noise, um, then you might hear yanny. Right. But if your brain likes low frequencies, like the sound of a nice deep voice, mm. yeah, then you will hear laurel. Which one do you hear mostly? Funny you should say that. Mm. In fact, I hear both depending on where I listen to it. Which right. In fact, brings me to my next, next point. The there next you go. part. Okay. So there's actually a lot of different factors that can influence. Cool's not you finished hear. unlocking this, guys. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot <laughs> to go on. You know. So there's actually a lot of different things that can influence whether you hear Yanni or whether you hear Laurel. Right. The quality of your where you're listening to it. So your speakers, if you're listening to it in your phone, in your car, mm-hmm. or your awesome stereo system. Yeah. Which makes thing. sense, right? Because the frequency that you make mm-hmm. kind of depends on the size of the speaker. Yeah. So if you're listening on a phone, how big are the speakers? Tiny. They're tiny. Yeah. But if you're listening in your car and you have a massive subwoofer, <laughs> then you can get a lot of bass out of it. Yeah. So that makes sense. Exactly. So you asked which one I've heard. I, I hear both. Um, mm-hmm. And consistently I hear Laurel in my car. So Laurel actually has a lower frequency. So top-notch to the physics education awesome speakers in yep. our car. Yep. Um, no expense was spared. That's right. <laughs> and when I listen to it on my phone, I hear Yanny. Yeah. What, happened, I listen, yeah. what happened with me was I was listening through my headphones, which are like pretty good, good headphones. Quality. So they get a nice bass response out of those because, you know, you listen to drum and bass and yep. stuff. And things with a good beat. A lot of bass, exactly. Yeah. And um, I heard Laurel. Then I went home and they were talking about it on TV and I, I just, at the time, I didn't understand. I was like, what do you mean people hear Yanni? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I couldn't imagine how you could possibly hear Yanni. They were talking about it. They played it on TV and all of a sudden, clear as day, yeah. Yanni. Yeah. And I think it's because the speakers that I have in my TV are really small. Yeah. So they just have like a more tinny, high yeah. frequency sound. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So it's not just what our brain focuses on. It's the quality of our speakers. And it actually can also be about your age. Oh, I'm getting old. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it might be a little bit to do with how old you are. So, older people actually um, don't hear high frequencies as well. So, older people are more likely to hear it as laurel. Mm-hmm. Younger people have a better um, a better ability to hear these high frequencies and they are more likely to hear it as yanny. So, people under, I think, around under the age of about 30 are more likely to hear the yanny. Um, unless you've been listening to a lot of loud music, then you might also be in the over 30s category of hearing Laurel more prominently. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> um, and also the volume that your speakers are at as yep. well. And and whether you, if you might set yours to have no bass in your settings, and that will also get rid of the Laurel yep. in there as well. All right. Yeah. So another example of that mm-hmm. that I just wanted to say was that um, we're talking about how as you get older, you hear less high frequency things. Yeah. And so there's that mosquito ringtone indeed and we've just discovered through playing <laughs> through playing these this um, mosquito ringtone mm-hmm. earlier this afternoon before we were recording that i cannot hear anything over what was it fifteen thousand eight hundred hertz so duncan's old essentially yeah, no, i'm not actually that old i just have old man ears how old they, are they're you sprouting 
hairs out of him. I'm 27. So Duncan's 27 and he can't hear the very high frequency ringtones that were designed so kids would have ringtones that teachers yeah. couldn't hear. Now I'm 32 and I can <sighs> hear it, which so is that means awesome. I'm going to be able to hang out with my skateboard in front of shopping centers <laughs> because they'll be playing the noise <laughs> and I won't hear it. It's going to be great. Are they planning to get rid of kids? Yeah, have you not I, heard this? I just heard it as a ringtone so kids could have a ringtone that teachers couldn't yeah, hear. Yeah, it was originally like an anti-youth um, alarm thing. So what they would do is they played at shopping centers and it would annoy kids. Oh. Really high volume. And then all the kids would leave, but older people wouldn't hear it so they weren't bothered. And then the kids took it and turned it around. And they turned it into a ring. Exactly. <laughs> I like it's that. like putting Good it to work, their kids. advantage. We love kids. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Very in ingenious. That's so funny. Um, there's also another version of this. And this is just because our brains are totally awesome and do lots of cool things and we know that I love the brain and I'm always saying how awesome the brain is. Mm -hmm. What we want and or expect to hear can also make a difference. Yeah. So, and this was, again, um, people were showing this up in um, follow-up stories to the Yanni Laurel debate. And this was the one that was talking about brainstorm versus uh -huh. green needle. Yes. I so, I saw this one too. In this case, it's not too much about the frequencies or anything like that. It is, in fact, that you have to pick and focus on one of those two words. Yep. Either brainstorm or green needle. Mm -hmm. So, let's, should we run that now? Yep. We'll yep. play it back. So, maybe we'll play it a couple of times. Yep. And the first time you listen to this, think about the word brainstorm. Mm -hmm. And that's what you'll hear. Let's give it a go. Perfect. Okay, now this time we want you to choose the opposite one. So this time we want you to focus on green needle and see if you can hear that this time. Now this time, let's have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. So we'll take the first half of one of those, the second half of the other. So how about brain needle? Brain or needle. you could try green storm. Yeah. Whichever one of those you prefer. Yeah. Ready? So pick one of those and we're going to play it again and see if you can mess with that yeah. system. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah. And when I did that, they were talking about it and I was like, what if I take half? And I did. And I thought brain needle and I heard brain needle. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Brain needle. All right, there you go. So hopefully that um, sort of decrypts some of the um, the science around that for you guys. Because yeah. I mean, we it's again it's been in the media so much, but I don't think any of the explanations have been particularly good. Um, what was the explanation that you heard the other day, Quill? For this uh, one? so I did hear, and this was what prompted us to want to talk about this in the podcast. I heard it explained as it being the shape of and size of your ears. Mm. Now. Duncan and I love science and we love what we do and we want to make sure that you kids are getting good information. So yep. we thought, hmm, I think we better explain that a bit yeah. better than the size and shape of your ears. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. I think whoever said that was kind of, they were about halfway there, yeah. weren't they? Because it depends on what sort of frequencies that yeah. your ear can best hear. They were, they, were, they were getting there. They were trying. But it's, That's the main thing. Yeah, but it's a little bit more um, complicated than that. Yeah. And I think you deserve the best explanation. Absolutely. So there we go. Yanni versus Laurel. Let us know, actually, on the Facebook, which is Physics Education. Let us know which one you hear. Because yeah. maybe we'll take a poll. We'll take a tally. We'll put a tally up. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Quill, have yes. you heard about 
squeak of my chair. <laughs> Have you heard about... There is a volcano on the island of Hawaii. Well, I haven't been living under a rock, so yes, I have heard. <laughs> okay. Well, for those of those of you who have apparently been living under a yok, a yok, a rock, and haven't heard of Yanni versus Laurel or the volcano on the island of Hawaii, there's a volcano on Hawaii that's erupting right now. Okay. So at physics, we actually talk a lot about volcanoes in our ge geology classes and our mm -hmm. natural disasters classes. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity. To talk about it. It is. It's a great It's a great time for people to understand a bit more about what those volcanoes are doing and how they're formed and all those kind of things. Yeah, cool. So just to give you guys a bit of a, a, a background on this one, this is not so much like, I don't want to talk about this as in it's a sudden news story because there's actually a lot of history that goes into this, um, but we thought we'd talk about it just to sort of give a, a sort of general update. Um, but broadly speaking, when we're talking about Hawaii, we are usually obviously talking about the US state of Hawaii which was actually the most recent state to become a state in 1959, just as a little side go. note there for you. Mm -hmm. um, so Hawaii, the state, is made up of eight different islands, one of which is also called Hawaii, okay? But we usually refer to that one as the Big Island, just mm -hmm. to reduce that confusion. So the Big Island is made up of five volcanoes, okay? It That's itself, the island itself, is made up of five different volcanoes. Um, that have all actually erupted in the in the past, and now they all overlap each other. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Um, three of those five volcanoes are still active right now. Okay. On the so, one island. Yeah. That's they're all, crazy. They're all bubbling away. Okay. Ooh. The the other two are what we call dormant, mm -hmm. which means they're inactive, which means they're nice and chill. Those are the they're kinds of volcanoes chill. that we generally like a bit more. They're a little bit more chill. Dormant's like me on a Sunday morning. Yes, exactly. Just chilling. Yeah, there's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> Cool. So let's talk about those different types of volcanoes. So there's the big explodey mountain ones like Mount St. Helens, which you might have heard about. Mm -hmm. um, that actually erupted in 1980. And put it this way, there's not much of Mount St. Helens left after that. Mm. The whole thing just went kabloom. Kabloom? Kaboom. I like to say kaboom. Big butter boom. Otherwise it sounds like like a flower. Yeah. Kabloom. <laughs> like, ooh, delightful. It's not as it's volcanic like, as yeah, kaboom. It's like blowing a daffodil. Kabloom. <laughs> Anyway, um, and another example would be Vesuvius, which erupted in um, the year 79. So not 1979, just 79. Mm. Um, and that's the one that covered the cities of Pompeii and Herculaneum, um, which are very, very famous now in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So those ones, those are called composite or stratovolcanoes, the big butter boom ones. Okay. Um, there are smaller ones that sort of bulge out of the earth, forming a hill, and those are called syndicones. Mm -hmm. And the third major type is called shield volcanoes. And those are the volcanoes that are a bit more low, like they don't form a hill or a mountain. Um, and the lava that comes out of those travels really long distances. Mm. Okay. They're also called shield volcanoes because if you look at them from um, on top, like yeah. from a helicopter or something, they actually kind of it's look like a, like a shield. That's the like shape that they make. Like a little half-domey kind of thingy. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, those ones, the, the lava is able to travel really long distances. Now this Kilauea volcano is a shield volcano mm -hmm. okay so that's why we have this problem of all this lava everywhere ah. which is kind of it's kind of making people a little bit mad it is mm -hmm. as it would if your as house it... was suddenly engulfed in yeah. liquid hot molten it, i'd be i'd be pretty cheesed yeah to be honest absolutely anyway. so this kilauea volcano i hope i'm pronouncing it right because it sounds like i'm saying kilauea but it's kilauea <laughs> it does sound I think like it's you're Kilauea. Saying Kilauea. yeah if i'm saying it wrong Shoot us a message and 
I'll correct it in the next episode. Next she episode. call it a free willy yeah. volcano. You know what? We need vocabulary.com to pronounce this for us. We might bring out a whole other debate. Kilauea or Kilauea, what do you hear? Um, yeah. So, it turns out the Kilauea volcano has actually been erupting since 1983. Almost continuously since wow. 1983. So, earlier this month, some lava vents, or basically holes, mm -hmm. opened up in the volcano and there was an earthquake. That happened. Yeah. So when I say this month, I mean May of 2018. Yeah. So these um, these lava vents, they've created these outbreaks of lava fountains. Wow. So that's lava spewing up into the air. Um, they get up to 90 meters high. Whoa! Okay. There is also that's really high. it is huge. So that is about the size of Big Ben. You know, Big Ben Tower in London. Yeah. It's about that tall. That's or, crazy. since we measure things in football pitches nowadays, don't we, Quill? We do, apparently. It's about well, the length of a football pitch. I like to call it a field. Football field? Pitch sounds American. Okay, let's go with field. I think. And soccer field. Yeah. Well, that's Australian and American. <laughs> Look, let's not get caught up in the, in the details. So, 90 metres high. It's big. Yeah. So, the lava fountains are 90 metres. There's also these big lava flows that come out of it mm -hmm. and volcanic gas that comes out of it. Yeah. Okay. Now, I should just mention at this point, there is a live stream on YouTube that you can watch. Really? I'll put a link to it. It is amazing. Yeah. I, I saw it on YouTube today and I saw the thumbnail and it just looks like that, you know, huge plumes of, of yeah. lava coming out. And I was like, oh, it's not actually going to look like that. I clicked on it. It does. It does. It's spewing out. It's That's kind of crazy. beautiful in a way. Beautiful, but not so but, much if but, you live close by. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, huge lava fountains. Um, since the original eruption, there's been 20 more vents or these holes that have opened up with wow. this lava flowing out of them. So let's talk about the, la the lava. The lava oozes out of these fissures or the vents mm -hmm. and it travels over the land. And as it does so, it destroys pretty much everything it comes into contact with. So cars, houses, yeah, etc. It's forced the evacuation of more than 1700 people. So far it's destroyed 27 homes. Mm. So pretty devastating. Um, but where it gets kind of interesting is that eventually the lava can travel so far that it gets to the ocean. Yeah. And then when it falls in, it builds up and that creates new land yeah. as the lava cools. Because if you think about lava, it's just molten rock. Yeah. So as it cools, we're just getting these giant rocks. It's making new rocks. Mm. So that means that the big island of Hawaii is actually getting bigger. Mm. Which is bizarre to me. We think of land as being static, like it yeah. never changes, right? But it actually gets bigger. Mm -hmm. It also erodes, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so this lava falling into the ocean can also be quite dangerous because it creates a corrosive acid mist, yeah. um, which <laughs> throws up these glass particles. Yeah, all um, not ideal things. No, you don't want that. No. Exactly. And it's a little bit warm. Yeah, it's a bit toasty yeah. around these volcanoes. Well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they actually get up to about 1150 degrees Celsius. Whoa! Um, and it travels between four and a half to five and a half kilometers to get there. By the time that it actually gets to the ocean, it's still over a thousand degrees. Yeah. Which is very, very. I mean, that's very, a lovely summer's day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is constantly adding more land to, to the Big Island. Normally, these islands just erode very gradually, like mm. all islands are being eroded by the sea. By the waves. By the waves, and they're getting yeah. smaller and smaller, but. Big Island is interesting because it's actually maintaining its size or getting even bigger. Do you reckon all the time. that's why it's called the Big Island? Yeah, they could just call it the Bigger Island now. Yeah, the biggest. <laughs> the biggest island. Well, the biggest island is Australia. So sorry, Hawaii, we've got that one. 
That's true. <laughs> it's our claim to fame. Unless they keep getting bigger and we start eroding. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of volcanoes. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what's interesting about that, yeah, it gets bigger. The island has this sort of longer lifespan. But there's older islands as part of Hawaii, um, to the sort of northwest of the big island, mm. that don't actually have any active volcanoes. So they're being eroded by the ocean. Gradually, they'll just disappear beneath the mm. waves. We're talking many thousands of years into the future. Thousands of years. Um, but there's also underwater volcanoes. Volcanoes are actually more common in the ocean than they are on land. Yeah. Right? Um, and they're constantly building new land. Yeah, as and they sometimes that's how a lot of these islands are formed. Yeah. It's underground volcanoes and they eventually build rock until you've got an island. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes yeah. we're lucky enough to come across them while they're erupting and you can see new land coming to life in front of your very eyes. It's mm. incredible. Anyway, so that's basically what's been happening with the, the Kilauea volcano. Um, just thought it'd be interesting to talk about, Absolutely. quite honestly, because... I mean, we like to discuss this sort of stuff while we're in schools we do. all the time. Um, and to actually hear about a you know, real life example that's happening one. right now. Because I think a lot of us think of volcanoes as this kind of past thing that happened mm. a while back. And yeah, you we think forget about how much kind of geothermal activity is still going on all over the place. That massively impacts people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully everyone gets through the eruption safely. Mm. And good luck to the people of Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful place too. Mm. Okay, now, Duncan, it's time for that favourite time, and it's not Name That Dance. Oh. It's time for the Fact of the Week. Fact of the Week? It is. Let's do the Fact of the Week theme song. I'll do low, you do high with the Yanni Laurel Oh, nice. you got those frequencies. You think that's how bass sounds? Fact of the Week. Yeah, so since you brought in a fact of the week, I thought it was my turn. It's your turn. Time. Yeah, exactly. It's only fair. And you know me and my I love of I like to think I do. biology mm -hmm. um, and microscopes. Well, I haven't gone with that today. Oh. I've got a different fact. Oh, okay. Changing things up. something I love up. more than those either. You're so spontaneous. Girl. I know. This is something I love even more than microscopes and biology. Well, it's kind Go of biology. Go on, then. Dogs. Doggos. Of Yay. course, it's doggos. Okay, so I'm going to give you a really interesting fact. Have you brought in a guest dogs. dog? I couldn't. You could. My dog would love to come yes. to work with me, but I didn't bring a guest dog. So oh, man. we just have to the, imagine we have a guest dog. The greatest co-host of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> dog podcast. <laughs> I would subscribe. They're just leaking okay. sounds. Anyway, do go on. So it's about dogs. It's about dogs. Great. It's important. And it's something that I feel like a lot of us might have thought about. Mm -hmm. Kids, adults, all of us, anyone that's ever had a dog, mm -hmm. maybe anyone that's ever lived next door to someone else with a dog. Hmm. How does your dog know? When you're going to get home. Right. So you come home sometimes and it's there at the window. It knows. Or the it's, door. It's waiting for you. Right. And you, there's no way they could have been there that's, all day. Right. They've got to do other things. Yeah, they're not. They're not there all day. Yeah. I mean, some might. But in, this is, so this is what was, I watched a BBC documentary recently. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how dogs know when you're going to get home. And good to hear because I have a lovely dog and I do work quite long hours and I sometimes worry that she is waiting at the door for me all day. Right. Now, in fact, what they found is that dogs have a great sense of smell. And we know this. Everyone knows this. Dogs can smell when you got a roast chicken on. My dog, we've discussed in the past, can smell when I open the cheese. Okay, so dogs have a great sense of smell. They They've do. They've got really, really great smell receptors and they're awesome at smelling things. So, we forget that we stink. I think hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> Look, 
I have a, a pleasant natural mask. We've, we've all, we all stink, okay? So, everyone has their own smell. And believe it or not, your house is filled with your smell. Now, dogs have such a good sense of smell that in the morning when you leave, the house is brooming and overflowing with your smell because you've been there all night, you've been sleeping, you might have been working out, whatever you've been doing, the house smells like you. Mm. Now, when you leave, your smell starts to go away, okay? It slowly goes away over time. As that smell slowly goes away over time, your dog knows how much your smell has gone away over time. Right. Because they've got a great sense of smell. So for some of us, we might have thought, how does my dog know what time it is? How do they always know to be at the door when I get home from work? You might have seen your dog waiting for you when you get home from school every day and being like, how does it always know when I'm going to get home? Yeah. As your smell starts to go away, when it gets to a certain level of gone... So like less sort of Duncan particles <laughs> yeah. floating around. There's less Duncan particles floating yeah. around. So there's a lot less Duncan smell in the house now. Your dog, especially if you have a very set schedule, if you always leave for school at a set time and you always come home from school at a set time or you go to work at a set time, your dog will know when that smell gets to a certain level that that's about the time you get home. And it will start to build a familiarity with what level of smell is around around the time you get home. Right. So each day when your smell level gets to a certain amount, the dog goes, oh, it must be about time for my wonderful owner to come home. And it will go, oh, I'm going to wait near the door or wait at the front gate or wherever it is your doggo waits for you and is ready for you to get home. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. It's way better than wearing a watch like an idiot. <laughs> it is better than wearing a watch like an idiot. So... Not only are these doggos are waiting for you, um, no, the dogs aren't waiting for you. No, they're, they're doing just, other things throughout the day. Out. If it's my dog, she's sleeping in the sunny patch in the lounge yeah, absolutely. for the whole day. Or next to the heater if or it's winter. Or yep, the heater yep, yep. or whatever they're doing. And suddenly she goes, hold on, quill particles have reached a new low. Yep. And or that a standard means low. A standard low. Yep. That means she's due home yep. any minute. Therefore, I will go and wait by the door. Yeah. And so they've done this research and a few different people have done this research. But not only that, I know when we're at home, it's not just like, you know, think this. If if I'm at home with my dog, she'll know when my partner's going to get home. Mm -hmm. So it's like something I've seen. She will go and stand at the front door and then like five minutes later, my partner will get home. Yeah. So I'm like, how does she know he's going to get home? Now, you were telling me before as well that they were able to mess with the dogs. Yes sense of smell in they order were. to prove this so what exactly. do they do so in order to like check and do a bit of a control because we know in science we like to have a control and this is to test um to test it the other way around and check make sure you what you're seeing is real so what they actually do is they will then bring in clothes that have been all stinked up with your smell so they might have your gym clothes or whatever and they'll wave it around and put lots of extra your smell there now when this happens what they actually found was instead of being waiting at the door, the dog was then just asleep in its sunny patch because it still had that high level of smell yeah, around the house. Right. It didn't think its owner was about it to arrive. It wasn't at that low point yeah. that it needed to be. So the extra mm. stink from your stinky shirt threw off the dog's sense of timing of when you were actually right. going to be home. God, that's so good. Isn't it, it is. And yeah. that, this is probably one of those reasons they always say that if you have a new puppy and you want to comfort it, you can leave it with one of your shirts or something. Because it probably has a place to be where it's got you've got more of a sense of you, and it might not realise that you're not going to be home for a while. Okay. Yeah. So that means if you have put a watch on your dog, you can not worry about it and just take it off. Take it back. It's not very stylish anyway, is it? Yeah. I'll take my Lego watch back off my dog. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Look, if he's not wearing it, I'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Join the queue. Anyway, that's so cool. It is cool. I like that. And you know what makes me feel really good about that? 
I'm not worrying now that my dog is literally at the door yeah, all day, all every day. day. Yeah. That's cool. She's hanging home. out doing her thing and exactly. just going, smells a little Maybe bit Maybe running less around like the cool. neighborhood. Yeah, a bit less like cool. <laughs> she must be time for her to come and stink up the house again. <laughs> so, Quill, the final story that I wanted to talk about Tell this me. week. This is a this is a good one. We always like to have a little bit of light-hearted fun with our news stories we here do. in Physics Twist, don't we? So this one is all about how a new study that's come out suggests that octopuses came from outer space, which I think is a pretty valid thing to say. Wait, wait. Did you read a story about <laughs> it's space? About space. It's about two of my favorite things, outer space and octopuses. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Octopi? Octopuses. Octopuses. Mm -hmm. no, <laughs> octo so apparently, apparently, just on a side note with this one, is that because it comes from the Greek mm. and not Latin, it's actually yeah. just octopuses and not octopi. Some, or something like that. There's and like another that. one you can say is octopodes, but it's not that either. No. Anyway, let's not worry about no. that sort of thing. We'll get vocabulary.com on it and they yeah. can tell us what the real one is. Which one do you hear? So, um, the basic backstory behind this is that for a very, very long time, scientists have been trying to come up with an explanation for how life originated on Earth. Like, how did we get here? How mm. did all of this life get here? Not how did it, like, come to be how it is now, such yeah. as whether Evolution. it evolved, but how did it even start in the first place? Mm. So, there's a lot of different um, suggestions as to how this happened. One idea being abiogenesis, which basically means some, some sort of soup evolved into some cells. Yeah. That's so, one that's one idea. Like a little big big slop of soup that kind of is full of lots of nutrients and lots yeah, of and like amino acids minerals and, and all, minerals. The, all the bits that build us basically yep. eventually just spontaneously came together into making exactly little basic And that's basic that sort cells. of thing where it's yeah. like this amazing one in a million chance, but it yeah, happened. So could happen. Anyway, that's one idea. Another hypothesis for that for how this happened is called panspermia, which says that life on Earth originated from microorganisms that came here on get it a comet, <laughs> or an asteroid, or even a spacecraft. Of course. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So, this paper has been published in a journal called Progress in Biophysics and Molecular Biology. And, wow. Mm -hmm, I'm not going to say necessarily that this is progress, because it's, it's a bit out there. It is a bit out there. It's a bit far out, Mia. But you know what? The fact that the Earth was round was out there at one point, so yep, you know, exactly. you never know. Look, the fact that we're here, you know, even talking, it just still it's, blows my it's mind. It's right. Anyway, so, um, this paper suggests that octopuses are so complex that they can only be explained by extraterrestrial life. So, in their paper, the team say that the arrival of alien microbes probably kick-started the Cambrian explosion. Right. Okay? The Cambrian explosion is when we started to see, in the fossil record, a huge sort of explosion yep. of different types of life. Yes, a, okay. sudden, a sudden expansion of the different variations of yeah. animals and stuff that we had on yeah. Earth. Yeah. So before it was just like we had a bunch of different types of cells, mm -hmm. and now we've got complex life like things like... Um, sloths. Sloths, sure. I yeah. love sloths. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, yeah. So that's the Cambrian explosion. And after this Cambrian explosion has happened, we've ended up with the evolution of the octopus. Wow. So the, the authors of this paper said, and I quote, the genome of the octopus shows a staggering level of complexity, adding that features like its large brain and camera-like eyes appear suddenly on the evolutionary scene. Mm -hmm. mm, profound. Mm -hmm. 
Right, okay, so <laughs> probably a better explanation, mainly well, their explanation is that the octopus eggs were cryopreserved, meaning they were really, frozen, really cold. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on a comet cool. and delivered to our planet. Excellent. They also say maybe this happened with squid. Okay. I, I just like the idea of saying, yes, it definitely happened with octopus, Could but be. not squid. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, um, yeah, they're basically saying that uh, all octopuses are basically aliens from another planet that arrived on a spaceship comet, which I think is hilarious. Mm. So um, that's, that's an example of some science that's um, a bit interesting, but maybe, yeah. like, this is one something we like to teach kids as well, is... Not all science is good, good science. science. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, it's also really important to learn where you can get good sources of mm -hmm. information from. And if you're just doing like a school project or something like that, or for those parents that might be listening, you might be doing a uni assignment or something, don't just grab information off the first thing you see. Yep. Make sure it is um, maybe a government website, it might be linked to a museum, it might be linked to a university, somewhere that's got a bit of... Yeah, somewhere that um, you know has a good reputation, yeah. basically. Yeah. And um, I'm, you know, hazarding a guess here that the journal, um, the science journal is where science papers get published. Yep. This one doesn't have such a good reputation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad paper because it comes up with a crazy explanation. Mm. Because crazy explanations come up all the time in exactly. science. It's a bad paper because there's no evidence. Yes. It's just saying, we think this happened and you can't say it didn't. So... Maybe That's it did. Right. It's yeah. like, well, no, there's no actual evidence to, to say this. So come up with evidence before you say something completely zany. Yeah. yeah. But I you still You don't want... to support your zany ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the zaniest ideas, like all the best ideas started off as zany yeah, exactly. ideas, right? And then they had evidence for them. And then they had evidence, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's a less lesson in that. There's mm -hmm. a really great lesson in that, which is, you know, check your sources are reputable and mm -hmm. maybe do your own checks. Yeah. Um, Make sure you're getting information from a good place. Yep, but it's also just a great story. And it is a great story. Octopuses come from space. And maybe that's it. why they know how to get out of jars. <gasps> that's right. Because they can Wait. get out of jars. Have you ever seen one of yeah, these videos? Yeah, they can also fit through a hole the size of their beak. Also, octopuses have beaks. They do have beaks. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be some evidence that they might have descended somewhere along the line? Yeah, aliens Either have with beaks. a bird. Maybe. <laughs> but then I have a big question. If they came from space... What started the space life in the first place? Well, there, there you're then you into... back to the same starting point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it has to have started somewhere. You, you can't still just need come from that nutrient alien. soup that spontaneously makes it. You can't just say, "Oh, they started with a different alien," and yeah, then exactly. they started with a different. So at some point, life had to begin somehow. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And there's still, again, there's a lot of different ideas floating there is. around about how that happened. Mm -hmm. The answer is. We don't know yet. No. Because there isn't as much evidence floating around. So we just have to come up with our best theories. But given that there's no evidence for this one, we just kind of have to say, look, I just I just don't think that's the case, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. No. Sounds cool, though. Sounds cool. I like the idea of a comet Octopuses flying from along. Space. In fact, you know, in my mind, it's a comet with all these little jars of frozen yeah, right. octopuses <laughs> that are arriving on yeah. Earth. And then the octopuses frozen. are opening their own jar, opening the jar once and they out. out and they're exactly. like crawling and they're beginning across. all of life on earth yeah yeah i love it's it pretty cool you know i've been thinking about getting a tattoo lately and now i think i i know what it's going to be an octopus on a comet, on a comet opening a jar, in a jar. <laughs> it's just <laughs> too good to ignore <laughs> be hard to get a job after this but <laughs> not <laughs> i'm this not changing kind of job. <laughs> i'm not going anywhere all right 
So that's a wrap on Physics Twist. Is that a wrap, Quill? I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Although cool. do we want to talk oh, about our oh, sound. Oh, one more thing. You still have a little bit of time to tell us what you think is the secret sound from that we played week. from last week. Guess that sound. Um, so if you haven't already, go back, listen to the last episode, which was episode seven, and tell us what you think that sound is. We've already had a couple of guesses. We have. And I don't think anyone's been correct so far. No, so you're still in with a chance. Guesses. Yes. And also, do send us your questions, okay? Because mm -hmm. what we'd like to do is get some questions from you guys about things that you just can't wrap your head around. Yeah. They just aren't making any sense, and you want to hear some answer that actually makes sense to you. That's right. And we're going to get our team on the case. We yep. might ask some experts if we can get a hold of any. And we, we have might. quite a vast array of uh, sort of people in our network, don't we? We do. So, we've got lots of different kinds of people working at this. Yeah. We've even got doctors such as Dr. Quill over here. We do indeed. Anyway, so send us your questions on our Facebook page or twist at physicseducation.com.au. That's F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S education.com.au. Uh, and we look forward to hearing from you. So yes, that is a wrap on Physics Twist. Um, thank you, Quill. Thank you, Duncan. All right. And again, don't forget you can meet the wonderful people of physics at your school or vacation centre or birthday party. Just go to physicseducation.com.au. Same spelling as I said it before. Mm -hmm. um, also, you can rate us on iTunes. That really helps us out. That'd be lovely. And we'll be back next week. We sure will. Mm -hmm. Until then. And oh, until then, you can also check out some thought-provoking discussions with other education providers on the Physics Ed podcast. And that is run by company director and generally nice guy, Ben oh, Newsom. Awesome boss. He's a great guy. Great scientist. And there's some really interesting um, guest speakers on the podcast Absolutely. as well, on Ben's podcast. So yeah. check that out as well. All right. Catch you next week. See you later. Bye.